Thank you, Brady. It was a great time of prayer. Um, hi, everyone. Wow. We still have a lot of people. I was expecting like less than 30, but we see a lot of people. A bunch of us are actually at the retreat, Emmaus retreat, retreat, serving there. I heard they have like 16 volunteer staff. I don't know what they're going to do with all the people, but I guess they're praying hard and fasting for them, you know, playing with them, you know. Uh, they're going to have an amazing time tonight. Uh, also, we're going to have an amazing time tonight, right? Yeah. All right. Man, before I start, did you start the recording? Oh, man. Okay. I just wanted to tell you that I usually look a little better than this. But uh, <laughs> I'm slightly better looking than this right now. But this year, <laughs> I'm just going to look like this, like without my bangs. And, you know, I'm just going to look like this the whole year because um, what happened was... Uh, I was going to share this before you started the recording, but and so what happened was um, our sister Jen Kim, just to break the ice, okay, I'm just going to share. I'm just going to be goofy. Our sister Jen Kim, she has really beautiful bangs. She, has, she takes care of her hair really well. So she told me that she saw uh, uh, like a Korean show that taught her how to cut her own bangs really nicely, right? And then you, what you do is actually basically holding your bangs like this, like holding it down with your thumb and your, your index finger. And then according to her, you just get a nice scissors and then you just cut like following your thumbnail line. You know, you just cut it all at once and then you let it go. And then it goes like, like it, it looks just nice. Makes sense, right? It makes sense in your head, right? But then oh, I tried it. I tried it at the beginning of October. It was a really busy morning. I had to go to the mp 3 conference. It was the conference day. And for some reason, I just wanted to really look nice, right? So I took out my arch and craft scissors. And I had a lot of faith in the scissors, right? And then I just put down my hair and I just cut it all at once. Even when it wasn't smooth. I had to know, but I didn't. So I just cut it all through. I let it go, expecting it to look amazing. And I cried, right? <laughs> it like covers a half of my forehead. It comes down to like here. It's not even even. It's like all over the place. It's like zigzag, whatever. It looks really um RC, but it, it doesn't look great. So I'm going to look like this for the rest of the year. But bear with me. Thank you. Thank you. I said slightly better looking, you know, usually, but I'm getting used to it. <laughs> all right, so bear with my forehead and all my crazy bangs, but yeah, let's let's get into the Word of God. <laughs> all right, uh, we're going to turn to Genesis chapter 2. We're going to study some Word. I was really excited as I was preparing this Word. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. I'm aiming to make it very quick, so I need your full attention. I need you to follow on this, right? Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. We're going to look at the verse. So Genesis chapter 10, you guys all know what it talks about. It talks about creation. Over six days, God creates everything. Is that right? And then he repeatedly says that it is good. Wow, it is good, it is good. And then after he creates Adam and Eve, and then Genesis chapter 2, it kind of like repeats the uh, creation of man and woman again. Right? So Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Uh, you guys read it for me. One, two, three, go. Amen. I'm going to read it again. Genesis 2, 2, 18. Then the Lord God said, it is not good. Everyone say, not good. Not good. Say it again. Not good. Not good. <laughs> that the man should be alone. 
I will make him a helper. Everyone say, your helper. Yeah, helper, fit for him. All right, Joanne's all thinking that I'm going to preach a marriage or something. <laughs> She's really excited, but I'm not preaching a marriage, but I'm going to preach from this verse. There are a lot of different translations on this verse, but most of the translations, they agree on the word helper. Uh, it actually comes from the Hebrew word azel, azer, azel, azel, and then they all translated it into helper, this word, right? Some, a couple translations, they say a help or helpmate, stuff like that, but it's only a couple of them. And then every other English translation, they turn it into helper. Azer. Everyone say Azel. It's hard. Azer. It's like Azer with R. Azer. Whatever. Azer. It comes from a root verb, Azel. It means to help. So the verb, I mean, the noun, the, the noun here, Azel, it means help. Or helper. Simple. So when you think of the word helper, what comes to your mind? Hey, hey, hey. Don't be too holy. <laughs> helper. Just English term helper. What comes to your mind? Servants? Who said woman? <laughs> right? Well, the different things. So I looked it up on the dictionary. So Webster's online dictionary. I got some help from that website. It says helper. Number one, a person who contributes to the fulfillment of a need or furtherance of an effort or purpose. Two, a person who helps people or institution. Number three, one who or that which helps, aids, assists, or relieves. So, all these translations and all these definitions, it kind of implies that the helper is kind of like a secondary person. It's like the backstage person. It's like unrecognized, underappreciated person. It's kind of like um, someone that does insignificant work. There is someone else doing the main work. You know, if, if Anna Hong is my helper... I'm kind of leading it. I'm doing the significant and important things. And Anna's doing what? What I tell her to do, right? <laughs> Anna does whatever I tell her to do. It's kind of that, it, it has a connotation. Do you guys agree? I kind of lead and she does what I tell her to do. This is kind of natural linguistic understanding of the word helper in English. And if you look at Korean, it's, a, it's even worse. So I'm going to give you some Korean lesson here, okay? In Korean Bible... Azel, Azel, whatever. Azer is Azer. <laughs> it's translated into pepil, which means spouse, or jak. Everyone say jak. Jak, which means partner, right? So they kind of read into it. It's not like the exact meaning of helper, right? So Korean translation is kind of leading into the meaning of it, but it's because there's a reason why. The purest Korean translation without using any Chinese characters of the word helper will mean something, completely something else, right? So, I'll give you some Korean lesson for free, okay? So, help, in Korean, it's do-um. Everyone say do-um. And for your survival for the foreigners, if you need some help, help me, help us. You say, 도와주세요. Try it, 도와주세요. Alright, 도와주세요 means help me, help us, right? It's crucial, Marcus, learn it, okay? Help me, 도와주세요. <laughs> and then the word that we are dealing with, Azel, helper, in Korean purest translation will be 도우미. Everyone say 도우미. 
But all the Koreans are like, uh, 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 that ain't the right one. Because Doomi means something else. It means maids that come into your house and do the house chores for money. It's like the main meaning of that. Or hospice caretakers. Those are called Doomi ajumas. And, um, you know, when like a new stores open up, there are like girls with mesh short skirts and the tan skin and goth makeup. And they're doing crazy dances. Have you seen them before in Korea? They are called Doomi, like event Doomis. They are domies, and at best, like volunteer social workers are called domi, right? So I'm really glad that Korean Bible translation is not that literal, that they didn't use domi in Genesis 2.18. It would have done some bad thing on women, right? So in both English and Korean, if you look at the translation, the connotation, the concept, the idea that you get from this word helper or domi or whatever, you know, it kind of defines how we view Eve's role in the Bible. It kind of affects how we view the woman's role in the Bible. Because it's to me. I mean, Korean Bible doesn't say it, but the helper kind of gives you that sense and understanding. Aid, assistance, secondary person, backstage person, not the main person, you know, insignificant works, that kind of connotation. Do you guys agree? But is that really what God intended? Intended? Is that what really Moses wanted to write in this script? You know, scripture. So we're going to turn to Psalm 20 altogether. We're going to look at a lot of um, scripture today, but it's, we're all going to stay in Psalm to save some time. Okay? So Psalm 20, brothers, look up Psalm 22. Sisters, go to Psalm 33:20. Brothers 22, sisters 33, 20. Brothers, are you there? All right. You read it for me nice and loud. One, two, three, go. Uh, only one person found it. Come on. Psalm 22. Psalm 22. 20, oh, chapter 20, verse 2. Sorry. Psalm 20, verse 2. Very good. Mark, you got it. Okay, are you there? Read it for me. One, two, three. Okay, help comes from who? Help comes from the Lord. This verse makes it clear. May he send you help from the sanctuary. So help comes from who? It comes from the Lord. He com- comes from his sanctuary. And then Psalm 33, 20. Sisters, are you there? Yes. Right, read it for me. Nice and loud. One, two, three. Who is help? God is help. He is help. It's equivalent. Our God is our help. This verse makes it clear. He is our help. It's the same word, azer, the same word. He is our azer, right? Uh, Psalm 75, I'm going to read it. Uh, Meanwhile, brothers, look up Psalm 115, verses 9 to 11. Sisters, look up Psalm 146, verse 5. Now I'm going to read. Psalm 75. Brothers, 115, 9 to 11. Sisters, 146, verse 5. Let me read it for you. Psalm 75. But I am poor and needy. Hasten to me, O God. You are my help and my deliverer. O God, do not delay. It says it clear once again that you are my help. God is our what? Azer. Makes it clear. Brothers, are you there? Did you get it? Psalm 115, 9 to 11. Read it for me. 1, 2, 3. 
Alright, it says he is your help and their help three times. Three times, number three means completion in the Bible. You know, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. There's a reason why it says three times. Holy, 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 it means that he's completely, absolutely holy. It means that three just means completeness, alright? So wholeness of it. So he repeated what? He's our help three times. It means that it's absolute truth. He is our Azer. Sisters, are you there? 146, verse 5. Read it for me. 1, 2, 3. Amen. I don't think we need more proof. There's, there's so many more, but I just selected the good ones. And then I'm going to read you one more. Hosea 13.9, it says, He destroys you, O Israel, for you are against me, Yahweh, against your helper. So me, Yahweh, helper, Azer. Again, he's calling himself what? Azer. So the Azer helper of the Bible is who? It's Yahweh himself. So he calls himself, I'm the Azer of Israel. So all this to say, we go back to our scripture today. So in biblical Hebrew language, help was what? It's something that comes from God. It has a divine connotation. Like it's God himself. Like helper himself or the help that comes from him. Intervention, deliverance, rescue, whatever that is, it's something that can come only from him. You guys get that? So we're going to go back to Genesis 2.18. God says what? I will make him a helper fit for him. God is saying this. Adam, you have an issue. You have a problem. It's not good for you to be alone. So for the problem, to solve that, I'm going to give you what? A divine helper from me as an answer for you so thank me that's what god is saying you know how many of you now understand that eve wasn't just a domi ajuma that's not what it meant it meant that she was what a divine help that was sent from the lord don't you ever treat your wife like a domi ajuma come on brothers don't don't ever do that okay eve came as an azer from the azer in heaven. And how many of you need some divine help in your life here? Come on, all the single brothers. <laughs> you better say amen. I need some divine help. Don't be shy. <laughs> you know, you all need some divine help from the Lord. Sisters and brothers all included. But the Azer is God. And also this verse, I love it. We are the answers for the problem. Because he wasn't good. It was actually the first time he mentioned something that was not good. After creating everything, he said everything's good. But the only thing that wasn't good was for Adam to be alone. And to solve that issue, God sent who? Eve to solve that as an answer. I love that. Uh-huh. You know, I'm not preaching on role of woman today. It's Christian series, not mine. So that's not what I'm preaching on. But let me go back to this, okay? All this to say that, um, to say that God is your help. And you have a helper with you. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you have a helper. It's not only just mere helper. It's, it's the Lord, God the helper, right? And I got a little creative here, all right? So I, the, the, the title of my sermon is going to be, You Are Not Helpless, but help hyphen this, helpless. Does it make sense? So turn to your neighbor, another neighbor, and tell them, you are not helpless. You are not helpless. You are not helpless, okay? It could mean both. You are not helpless because you got some help, you know? You're not helpless. 
And then the, there's two things that I want to point out from this first. And then um, I want you guys to kind of look at it. Yeah. The first thing is this, that God knew it. God knew that it was not good for Adam to be alone. God knew what was not good about his life. And also, he knew what would be good for Adam as well. So simple. My, pers- my first point is that he knows what is good or bad for you. So simple, right? But it blessed me. You know, God knew it. Adam, that's not good for you to be alone. And God also knew what would be good for Adam as well. So that he, he created Eve the way that would be best for him. So help her fit for him, according to ESV. NIV says, um, suitable for him. It's good, right? You want a wife that's suitable for you? Come on. Brothers are so shy today. <laughs> I know you all want a suitable wife. <laughs> New King James Version says this, compatible to him. Show me some nods. You want a compatible wife? <laughs> Come on. All right. And then new, uh, I think NLT, New Living Translation, is it? NLT says just right for him. Do you want a wife that's just right for him? <laughs> Come on. God knows what is the best for you. He knows what is wrong with you, what's bad for you, but also he knows what is good for you. You know, God, God knew it uh, when Adam didn't even realize himself. He didn't even know that he lacked something. It's right after creation. Adam's trying to name all these animals. He didn't know what was wrong with him, what he lacked. He himself didn't even know the need, but God, he knew. He knew what was wrong with him, and that he knew exactly what to give him. And then sometimes we don't, we don't always know what is good for us. Do you guys agree? We like discernment. Sometimes we want something that we, we, what am I saying? Oh yeah, sometimes we just don't know what's good for us, what's, what's bad for us. You know, we just, we're just confused and a lot of times. Um, as I was preparing for this sermon, this, this picture of me and my dad uh, that I have at my home in Busan, this picture just came to my mind and then I just want to share uh, it's really cute picture now that I look back, but it's, it wasn't like the best memory of my life. But um, this picture, um, I was about, I think, 10, 9 or 10. And then it was on the way to, I think, my harabaji's, like my, my grandpa's house or something. It was like around the Chuseok time. And then we were at this resting spot on the highway. So we were going somewhere. And then um, this is picture... <laughs> I remember it's kind of our family tradition to drop by those rest, resting stops and they will always get, you know, the hugeso, hugeso food. We will always get, get udong and hodugaja. That was our tradition. So we will always get those combinations, like a walnut cracker, like pie thingy, and then uh, like Japanese noodle udong. So it was our tradition, so we got it. But that particular day, they usually don't have it, but the, that particular day they had hobangyeot. It's a pumpkin sticky candy, the traditional candy thing. And then they had hobangyeol, and I used to love it, right? So I went all crazy, but then at that time, I was getting treatment from my dentist because I had mad cavities, like eight of them, right? So my dad was putting in a lot of money to, you know, get me fixed and all that, but I really wanted it. So I was, I started nagging, I started whining, I started yelling at him, oppa, sajo, whatever, you know, hobangyeo, sajo. I was going all crazy. But my dad was determined. It's such a vivid memory, right? He was determined because I would always get it. 
through whining and nagging. I always got what I wanted, but the day he was determined, I think he was fed up with all the costs that went into my dentist work. So he was determined he wouldn't, he did not get me one. Right? So I didn't get my hobang yet that day. I was really upset. Right? I was going to say something really bad. I was really upset. And in the picture, I'm like, Mad pouty. It's not my lips. My whole face is pouty. And my whole body is like pouty. I don't know, but my whole body is all like twisted. I'm just showing the rebellion all over my body. I'm like, I'm funny, you know, I'm like about to cry. You know, the evil eyes and all of that. I'm like this, and then my dad is, you know, putting his hand on me as if nothing happened. He doesn't know what's going on. You know, he's just being phlegmatic that he is. He's just there, right? And then whenever I look at the picture, it just brings up the memory, and it's kind of funny now but all this to say that my dad when he knew it wasn't going to be good for me he didn't let me have it he did not let me have it that i never got it right so earthly father even my pagan father non-believer father knows how to do this right but how much better would our heavenly father know what is good or bad for you his discernment is beyond our understanding he knows exactly what is good and what is bad for you. We don't always know, but he always knows. You know? So in this scripture, I just kind of, it just stood out to me. Wow, God exactly knew what Adam needed. And he knows what is good and what is bad for us. And then it leads us to the second point. Uh, God said, it's not good for Adam to be alone. So he took actions right away. He did something about it. I love that about God. God didn't just say, oh, it's not good for you. Oh, well. He didn't just walk away. He wasn't being passive. And God moved on it. He acted on it. He took action right away. So not only does he know, but he also does something about it to help you. Psalm 46.1, it's one of my favorite verses. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And I love that, a very present help. You know, if you look at it, and uh, I looked it up uh, in my Hebrew Bible, and then it says this, Ma'od is very, right, very or much or exceedingly Ma'od. So he's very exceedingly Ma'od. <laughs> and then this word, Masa, Masa means to be found, to be present, to be enough, to be found sufficient. That's the meaning of the word. So if you put it together, Translation is amazing. A very present help. Yes, it is. But if you translate it differently, your own version, it will come out like exceedingly sufficient help. It could also be more than enough kind of help. You know, it's like real, real, like to be found, to be present. It's like the real help that is with you. You know, if you really think about a very present help, you can't really think of anything else but God. Like 911. Do you think it's it's always present? It's always with you? Not really. Not in Korea. <laughs> you know? Korea, it's 119, by the way. It's not 911. It's 119. You call 119, it's going to take time. You know, it's not very present help. You know, who who is there for you at all times, you know? Your family? You know, when you're, like, physically distant? Not really. And if you even think about things that are steadfast, things that are always present with you, just give me anything, any object, anything, that's like most steadfast in your mindset. What is it? Your phone? You lose it all the time. You know, <laughs> I could steal it. No, your phone's not always present. <laughs> Anything else? 
Alright, somebody said air. I asked this question to someone else earlier, and they said air, oxygen, it's everywhere. But if you leave this planet, you don't have air. You know, it's not always present. And then, and then it kind of like, you know, there's a song, oh, I forget his name, but he sings this amazing song called Abba. Uh, and then the lyrics, Sole was my roommate, Sole, she would keep it on like all day the other day. And then the song, the lyric goes like, you are more real than the air that I breathe. You're more real than um, food that I eat. I made it up. Uh, you're more real than, <laughs> you know, friends that I talk to. I don't know. But it talks about like, you know, like ordinary stuff. But you're more real than everything else. You're that real. And it just really hit me, you know. You are the only, only one that's ever present, you know, always. God is so real, you know. And I just, it's, I don't know, it just made the connection, but... So that's why you are never helpless, help hypeness, you know? He's always very present help for you at all times, wherever you are at, you know, no matter what kind of situation you're in, he's always there. He's better than 911. He's better than oxygen that's around you. He's more real than anything else. He's a very present help, exceedingly sufficient help that is always there for you. You know, it's mind-boggling if you really, really, really think about it, you know. He takes action. It's really frustrating when people know that there's something, you need some help, but they are not willing to offer you help. You know how frustrating that could be? It's kind of like, you know, the person knows that I need help, but he's not willing to help me. It's very frustrating, you know. Have you ever had that experience with somebody? You know, you always go through that, but God never does that. He takes action. When he knows that, oh, I know what is good for you, I know what is bad for you, and he always takes action on it. He moves on it. Yeah, and for for Adam, oh, this is my last point, but for Adam, kind of hit me again uh, as I was going through midterms and a lot of assignments at school. I'm trying to graduate. You know, I'm going to graduate, me and Marcus and Pastor John. We're having a really, really rough semester. Every week, it's like warfare. It's really tiring. But then um, God's been helping me. Let me say this. He's been helping us physically, and he's showing us so much favor. I mean, I totally thought I failed my graduation exam. It's called comprehensive exam. It's like Bible trivia. It's nothing like... Fancy, but it just asks you random facts about the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. And you pay to take the exam, right? And I did, and I counted the ones that I got right, and then the ones that I was confused about, like I wasn't sure. And for sure, like for sure, I failed it. I failed both of them. So I finished counting, and then I was, okay, I'm taking it again, if they give me another chance. And then I left the exam. Marcus and John was accusing me that I say this all the time, but I don't. I really don't. When I did well on the exam, I always said I did really well. Like, oh, I think I got perfect score. I, I, I'm not all that humble, right? <laughs> so when I did, when I do well, I say I did well. But when I don't, I say, oh, I think I messed it up, right? So that exam was exactly like, I knew I failed it. I knew I failed both of them. Maybe if I was really lucky, I passed one of them, like like on the verge of failing, right? But then um, a couple weeks later, I found out the result. I really didn't have any hope. I was just checking for the sake of checking, but I, I, demonic fly. I passed, <laughs> I, <laughs> I passed both of them. 
I passed both of them. I went to the office because I could not believe it because there was no way for me to pass this. So I went to the office and I was like, can I check my score? Because you used to be able to check your score right after the exam, right? And then I went and they were like, oh, sorry, we changed the, um, we changed the rule. So you, you, you can't, we cannot tell you your score. So I'm never going to find out my score. But only thing I know is I passed both of them, right? And I'm still suspicious and I'm pretty sure that somebody did something on my answer sheet or something. Something happened. God helped me. <laughs> it's either angels or professors that have favor on me. I don't know what it is, but God helped me. I'm so serious. So when I get like discouraged at school, when I don't want to like write my paper and I always remind myself, no, God, God's helping me. You know, it's a great reminder. God, let me pass my exams and he's determined to let me graduate. So let me press in, you know, he is my very present help. (laughs) <laughs> he is really is right uh, anyway so i'm gonna graduate i'm gonna graduate yeah oh man hi so hot but then this is my last point so for adam in order to receive divine helper also known as eve from god for him to receive the divine help he had to be put to sleep you know, God put him to sleep to give him his wife. I mean, obviously God kind of had to do it. Because if he did it, like taking out his rib, like when he was awake, it would have caused him a lot of pain, right? So to keep him alive, God put him to sleep and then he took out a rib and then make Eve out of it, right? That's what the Bible says. But it taught me a lesson. I'm sure God had to do it, but it taught me a lesson. Um, sleep is a sign of rest and peace. A sign of rest and peace. And, you know, I know a lot of people, not exaggerating, okay. I know some people who beg for help. help. When they approach God, it's kind of like, God, please, 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 please help me. It's like begging for help, you know. And sons of God, let's not do that. I really don't like seeing that, like, in really a beggar mode, begging from God. Not like contending, but like begging because they were afraid of not getting it, kind of thing. Not knowing their identity as sons. Not knowing him as a loving father. Like just begging, God, could you please do it for me and I will do anything for you. Kind of attitude. You know, you see people like that. And some people just beg. But we have to realize that he is a helper. He calls himself a helper and it is his nature to help you. Without you begging for it. And you don't have to beg for his help because it's his nature to help you. It's just such a natural, for, natural thing for him. You know, he wants to help you without you begging for it, right? So when you come to him for help, like stop being so anxious and like so stop being so sorry. You know, God, I'm so sorry for asking this again, but could you please, 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 you know, stop begging. Stop being so anxious about it. But rest in peace and wait for the Lord because he wants to help you. And God knows what is good for you and what is bad for you. So he's going to discern. He's going to give you what is good. And he's going to take action on behalf of you. So you don't have to beg for it, but to sleep. 
rest and peace. You gotta learn how to put yourself to sleep in resting and in also realizing the peace that you have in a loving daddy, right? You gotta learn how to do that. But sleep at the same time, I think it also is a sign of vulnerability and helplessness. You know, a lot of kings in the history, they get assassinated in their sleep because they're helpless. <laughs> you know, when you're sleeping, you don't know what's going on. You don't know who's coming around. It's total sign of vulnerability and you're just helpless. You know, when you, when you like wake, wake up, you can't control your mortal, whatever, you know, you can't do anything about it. It's just really place of vulnerability and really helplessness, you know, but you kind of have to put yourself in the situation. You have to let go of the control. You got to learn how to give it to the Lord. Just give it to him and not worry about it anymore. Sometimes you know you need God's divine help, but you don't want to let it go. You kind of want to hold on to that control that you have. You know, you kind of like want to, oh, but I kind of want to, you know, try to do it myself before you kind of let it go to him. Right. But make yourself vulnerable so that you will wake up knowing that, wow, God was working when I was asleep. You know, when I was sleeping, when I was making myself vulnerable and helpless, God was doing, running around for me and doing all these things for me. You know, you will wake up with that greater revelation of God's steadfast love, you know. So we, I think, need to learn how to go to sleep, how to put ourselves to sleep sometimes when it's hard, in rest and peace, but also making ourselves vulnerable. And trusting somebody with all our hearts is difficult. Have you guys experienced that? Trusting someone with all your heart, it's kind of risky. Sometimes you don't want to do that. But when you know that he knows what is good for you and he's going to act on behalf of you, that's when you finally let go of the control and just say, okay, God, you do it. I'm just going to rest in peace, you know? Not that you're going to die, okay? (laughs) I'm just going to rest in peace, right? So my third point is this. Let him help you. Stop resisting. Put yourself to sleep. Let him help you when you are asleep. We're going to close with this verse. Uh, Psalm 121, verse 1 to 2. Um, there's a song uh, after this verse as well. I really love this song, Casting Crowns. verse goes like this. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Um, I want us to kind of just meditate on it. Just take a couple minutes and meditate on this verse. And then I'm just going to pray for you guys. But I want everyone to kind of close your eyes. Um, steam the light. If you could put on some music for me. We're just going to meditate on it. Lift up my eyes to the hills. Um, from where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Read it again. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. I believe some of you in here and then uh, even the ones who are listening to podcast, I know that in certain areas of our lives, we, we need God's divine help. We need his intervention. We need his breakthrough, deliverance, rescue, his provision. It's just, man cannot do it. And we just know, we understand that we need God in this situation. And you kind of feel hopeless. A lot of times you feel hopeless. You don't know what to do. You've done whatever you could do, but from here, you don't know where to go. 
And I don't know, I was just preparing this message and then I just felt like I was saying that a lot of people need to be reminded that they have a greatest helper in the world. And he's a very present help that will never leave you or forsake you. And that's going to be always there for you, who will do the best thing for you. And God just really told me that there are people who's, who, who have been contending and they just need to be reminded that they kind of need to take a nap and let him help you. I want us to um, close this time with prayer, but I want everyone to pray with me all together. I want you to declare this verse that I just read. Where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I want you guys to just remind yourself and declare that over yourself. Whatever help that I need, it all comes from him. And he's an ever-present help. He's there right for you right now, right with you. He's there in this room. He's there with you. You know, he's your helper. Really think with me. Think that the greatest power and the divine help is all, always, always with you. Like more real than air, more real than water, more real than people sitting next to you, more real than your family. That help, the very present help is with you at all times. Just imagine with me because that's, that's reality. Just feel that with me. I think it's time to just let him help us. Without begging, without getting all anxious, but just giving it to him. God, I've done whatever I could done, and it's your turn. Help me. Take action on behalf of me. I'm just going to rest in you. Could you take care of this for me? You don't have to all like yell and shout, but I want you guys to softly pray. Uh, pray to him. Pray to the very present help that is with you right now. Just talk to him. Whatever that is, your job situation, your relationship, your family, somebody's salvation, your finance, your future plans, your housing. I don't know what that is. Your health, your career. Give it to him. Just let him help you. Just let him help you. Start whispering to him, God, I need your help. Whispering to me. I put my trust in you. Just whisper to him.